Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for High Velocity Radio. Lee Cantor here, another episode of High Velocity Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. Today on the show, we have Mike Kelleher with Market Bridge. Welcome, Mike. Hey, Lee. How are you? I am doing well. Uh, before we get too far into things, tell us a little bit about Market Bridge. How are you serving folks? Yeah, I'd be glad to. Thanks. Uh, Market Bridge uh, really has long been the leading provider of innovative go-to-market consulting and professional services to Fortune 1000 and hypergrowth firms. We've been doing it for 30 years. We work primarily with chief marketing officers, chief revenue officers, and P&L owners to use data to rethink how they can best reach, engage, and convert their customers. We call our unique approach go-to-market science, uh, primarily because we use big data and little data, big data being high volume transaction or customer interaction data sets, and small data being primary customer or competitive research to prescribe for our clients exactly what they should do next to drive revenue growth and, and customer value. I happen to run the high tech practice and in the high tech industry, you know, being agile and how organizations go to market is really a requirement now with this mega trend around uh, everything migrating to as a service. Now, uh, does your firm, you mentioned you're in high tech, is, are you in certain verticals or is this kind of industry agnostic? We are. Uh, so our company specializes in, as I mentioned already, high tech, financial services, healthcare, uh, consumer products, um, and increasingly now we're getting more into medical. Um, we can service clients who really have a common characteristics of you know, selling to either B2B or B2C, but really a, a relatively considered purchase, frequently selling through multiple sales channels, uh, such as field sales, inside sales, channel partners. Uh, there's generally some complexity to the way that they're selling to their customers. So now you mentioned this as a service uh, model becoming more and more commonplace. How do you approach a business that maybe hadn't thought of their business in that manner and help them move into that kind of a solution? Yeah, in, in, the, in the tech space, um, there's probably three types of organizations. Those who have led the, the, the path on moving to as a service, they saw the writing on the wall. It started with software but it's migrating now to hardware and, and frankly, in almost every area. And those folks are a little bit further out ahead uh, on leading the charge on this, this trend. The, the second class is those folks who know that they uh, need to make a transition. They've made the transition, but they're still kind of struggling in two different business models. One is the the before as a service model, which is classically referred to on-premise, uh, as well as uh, trying to figure out what they need to do to succeed uh, in this new uh, as a service. The third group of folks either aren't making the tri transition or they happen to have a unique business model where as a service may not be as pertinent to them. Uh, but for the most part, what data that we've collected and research that we've done has shown that increasingly there's a greater and greater percentage every year of tech vendors who are saying there's big money. I want to go after it. I got to figure out how to sell uh, as a service because customers are really demanding. This is how they want to buy uh, technology products and services. Now, do you believe that any service can be transformed into this as a service model or is this only for certain things? 
Well, it really depends on the customer. So, you know, the customers really drove this transition uh, for a variety of reasons. Uh, you know, one is it was a much more cost effective approach to procuring technology, right? So in, in, in traditional ways of buying technology, every three to five years, there was a relatively large capital expenditure uh, by an by a enterprise customer. Uh, that was a lot of money, a lot of effort put into buying technology. Uh, but now customers were saying, I want a different model. I would rather spend some operating expenses do dollars, maybe on a monthly or a quarterly basis, not as much, but more frequently and have access to new technology and new software as it emerges and, and not be behind the curve. If I just bought something, I got to wait five years to get something new. The as a service model really allows customers to get the best available technology at a flexible price. Uh, but that, that new model has kind of wrecked some havoc on some vendors who, who need to make sure that they are changing their go-to-market accordingly to succeed in that new environment. Now, what are some of the trade-offs when you make that transition into uh, this as-a-service model or subscription model? I can see on one hand, it's like before you used to, you know, have a version, whatever, 1.0, and then, mm -hmm. like you said, a year, two years, there's 2.0, so they had to buy that again. And now you're almost in real time upgrading their experience. Yeah, you are. That's true. And, and uh, so for the vendors, right, those who sell the technology service, there's there's just been a tremendous amount of complexity in the customer purchasing process, which is really forcing sales and marketing leaders to, to rethink their approach to how they sell and to whom. And I'll explain why, really. You know, first of all, the buyers have changed. Uh, traditionally, tech vendors sold to the CIO and their suite. Now they're selling to line of business owners, you know, heads of marketing and sales and supply chain, finance, human resources. Those buyers have very different wants and needs than a CIO. And number two, the, there's been changes in the purchasing process. As I mentioned, it's migrated from once every three to five years to, you know, something where it's a, a monthly purchase for uh, software or hardware or, or infrastructure like AWS, e even folks like HP sell print cartridges for their printer on an as-a-service model. The, the third area of change is that because vendors are selling to new buyers now, there's been a pretty big shift in the value propositions that are going to resonate with those buyers. With CIOs, for instance, there was a lot of you know focus on on speeds and feeds and and, and security, uh, and increasingly now mobility. But for line of business heads, it is much more specific to how their teams are going to accomplish a very specific job. How do they handle you know invoicing, for instance, from finance or or inventory management for supply chain? Also, what's changed for vendors is there's been this this incredible groundswell of new competitors that have entered into the market and who are trying to, you know, basically be, be born in this as a service environment. You know, they, they don't need a transition from some legacy approach. So there's been a whole lot of technology companies that have really started up trying to say, I'm going to capture this as a service uh, market share faster 
than some very large incumbent technology companies. So that creates change, a lot of challenges for our, our, our competitors and, and, and large, or our competitors, our, sorry, our clients and large organizations. Uh, and also in the tech sector overall, uh, as, as I'm sure you know, there's, there's a, a lot of change very quickly. There's a lot of new products being released, a lot of new versions being released. You add all that stuff together that I just went over, and that's really where the complexity comes from for sales and marketing execs to say, what do I need to do different to reach and engage and convert my customers in this new environment? And then some of those areas that they have to do different, I would imagine, are that customer success, onboarding, getting them up and running quickly and effectively getting them the small wins they need uh, very quickly in order to kind of lock them in as the solution. Yeah, if you really kind of think about the, the, the customer experience life cycle, you know, there's, there's everything that comes before they actually make a purchase which is like, I got to reach them. I got to engage them. I have to deliver my message. I have to differentiate from my competitor. But to your point, once they actually become a customer, client, customers of ours now need to make sure they do deliver those wins. They deliver those successes very quickly and consistently because one of the, one of the downsides for uh, vendors in this space is there's lower switching costs now than have ever been before. So clients, if they don't experience that positive uh, onboarding, that, that quick wins, that, that positive customer experience from a technology vendor, they've got options, right? And, and because they don't need to wait three to five years anymore, uh, they can actually switch pretty quickly to a better mousetrap if they're not provided a great experience from, from this as a service offering. And especially with those more nimble, uh, more um, people that have been or creating this without that legacy, they um, can help them switch faster so they don't okay. have the pain that they used to have. That pain Absolutely. is the switching cost pain goes away in today's world because you have to earn your keep every month. Yeah, the, the, the smaller organizations who are usually faster growing, they're faster growing, growing for a reason, right? Because they're agile, they're nimble, they're not encumbered by some traditional processes that they, that they have as legacy. Um, so that does keep some of the, the larger name brand technology companies you know, on their toes to be very competitive, very agile. Um, and that's not always the strongest muscle for, for a lot of these organizations. They need to build that muscle and they need to flex that muscle regularly to, to always keep their finger on the pulse of, well, who are my small competitors who might be nipping at my heels? Uh, how do I continually evolve the way I communicate the value of my product or service to my customers so I keep them or I, I win them back from, from those smaller customers? And how do I deliver on the promise of that customer experience so that they're delighted, right? And so not only do they stay a customer, uh, but with as a service solutions, they might expand the number of users, they might grow the number of adjacent offerings that they use. Um, and that's where larger organizations uh, who are good are very good at, at, uh, at, at competing against smaller upstarts. Now, for you, when you're working with uh, a company that's thinking about doing this transformation or maybe have started it, what are some of the um, kind of maybe some of the the challenges of doing this, some of the things they should be aware of and wary of, and then maybe some of the things they can look forward to if they pull this off? 
Yeah, so I think for sales and marketing execs and, and P&L owners, they really need to figure out four things uh, in this new environment and how they differ from the traditional uh, way of growing their business. The first is, you know, what are you selling, right? And, and you know, it's, it's not as easy as saying, well, we used to sell a, a laptop to a school. Now we, need, we sell that device as a service, right? It's, it, that's not, it's not that easy. It's like, what, what actually are you selling to what customers uh, in this as a service environment? The second thing they need to figure out is who are they selling that to? Um, as I mentioned, the stakeholders and decision makers have changed. Uh, and understanding those new decision makers and stakeholders, uh, it's hard, right? But it's, but it's required because you can't deliver the old technology-centric messaging to a business decision maker who runs a line of business because that's going to fall on deaf ears, right? You got you to gotta change, change your messaging. And, and that's the really kind of leads into this third issue. It, it's how do you differentiate not only how you position your new as a service solution, but how do you reach those buyers? What are the sales channels you need to use? Field sales, inside sales, a wide array of channel partners, especially in the technology space. You know, what, who do you need? How many of them do you need? What type to cover the market that will deliver the revenue targets that you have? And then the fourth area really is you need to equip those sellers and empower them to deliver this new message to these new buyers uh, with differentiated uh, value props, you need to educate them, right? You need to, you can't just kind of say, oh, you know, we're going to put it on a piece of paper. This is our new message. This is our new product. Let's make it happen. You know, you really need to educate in some cases, thousands of sellers and thousands of channel partners who aren't employees of yours to successfully deliver that message, that's proven to be very hard for a lot of technology organizations. Well, building that kind of community is a challenge for a, a lot of folks, um, but it's it for a large enterprise, especially that feeling of, I can't control all of this is a mindset shift that I don't know all of them are comfortable with and allowing that community to talk amongst themselves how do you help them through that? Yeah, so we, we, we kind of act in many, many ways as connective tissue between different departments inside of our large technology clients to help paint a picture as to, well, what is the customer thinking? So if we're working with marketing organizations or, or sales organizations or the folks who own the P&L that those two sales and marketing uh, teams work for, that we're really unifying, well, what is the vision they're trying to accomplish? How has their world changed? What's the implication to the programs and the way they're going to market today? And what is a prescriptive way to change what they're doing to get a better result, right? So, the, so two of the things that we do to help in that regard is we bring a lot of research and analytics to the table to really lit facts uh, paint the picture as to something needs to be done differently, either because current profitability isn't where it needs to be, or customers are shifting to some of these more nimble competitors, or there's adjacent market space that our clients can grow into. So the first area is bring facts to the table. The second is be very prescriptive on the specific steps and tasks 
our sales and marketing and P&L clients need to do across cross-functional teams to be able to enact change in their business. We also help them measure that impact over time to make sure they're getting the positive feedback. But those two areas, in my mind, help take these, these different, different decision makers and stakeholder, stakeholders inside large organizations and start to get them on the same page and be very prescriptive as to, well, how should they come together to, to make change to be able to succeed more uh, in this as a service environment? Now, is there a typical point of entry for your team to come in and make a difference, or is this something different for in each case? Yeah, well, in, in most cases, uh, our, our, our executive sponsors are trying to do something different that they haven't done before. So that may be they're trying to enter new markets where they might be a new player or not the dominant player. They might be launching a new product uh, to a new customer segment, and they need to ensure that they are best positioned versus the competition that's already in that space. Or they may need to, in their sales area, say, you know what, we might need to redesign the compensation plan for our field sales team to better align to selling an as-a-service version of our portfolio of products versus, versus traditional. So the common theme really is um, we're trying to do something different that we haven't done before. And usually it, it has to, our, our entry point is either we're looking to enter a new market, we're looking to launch a new product, we're looking to revitalize the way we sell through our sales channels to be able to um, capitalize on this, on this mega trend around as-a-service. Is there any advice or something actionable our listeners who are about to go through this transformation or thinking about it should be, can do today or tomorrow or this week? Yeah, I, I think depending on, on who the, uh, you know, whether it's a, a P&L person, a marketing person or salesperson, you know, the, the, the kind of the four or five things I'm thinking about that might be good places to start is, is you know, number one, you know, if you're entering in a new market, you know, be very prescriptive and very defined as to what's the, what's the growth pathway from where you are today to capturing new revenue in a new market. So there's a very defined process to say, okay, we want to be an adjacent market. What's the size of the market? What's the weight space? Where's the best fit for our business based on our skill sets and our existing uh, lines of business? What are the weak spots in the competitors? And what's the prescribed path to be able to get to, let's say, $100 million, uh, the, the, the fastest path. For sellers, right, it's, it's really thinking about, well, it, does there need to be a refresh to the routes to market or the channels that are used to sell to those customers that you're, you're looking to expand your, your market share in? And for marketers, it, it's really, in my mind, around, understanding the, these new stakeholders, these new lines of business decision makers, what is their buyer journey and what messaging is going to resonate best with those stakeholders versus traditional IT stakeholders. So I think those are three areas to kind of start with. If you're a P&L owner, what's your growth pathway and your fastest path to get the revenues? If you're a sales executive, What's the route to market and, and potential mix that needs to change to cover your customers that you're trying to sell to? And if you're a marketer, really understanding with these new stakeholders and decision makers, how do they uh, consume information and evaluate uh, competitors and, and make decisions 
and what value props uh, resonate best with them. Now, do you think that this uh, anything as a service or everything as a service, is this something that is a fad or you see this as like where on its life cycle do you see it? Well, it's, it's, it's not a fad, right? So it started probably about 15 years ago with the software as a service market, right? And really salesforce.com really did a, a great job of expanding that market. And they really proved the value to enterprise organizations on, and, and companies like Salesforce, proved the value proposition of this is a more cost-effective way to purchase a superior product. And I'm not saying Salesforce is superior. I'm saying the fact that they can roll out versions and instances of the same uh, software over time and the customer enjoys the benefit of that, that's a better experience for the customer. So that software experience then migrated into hardware as a service, right? And, and, and really kind of you know big iron infrastructure more than desktops. You know, companies like HPE and, and AWS um, you know, do this very well, where they'll sell the infrastructure as a service and whatever you need, an enterprise client can tap into it, use it like a utility, stop paying for it when they're done with it. And then that started to migrate into really almost everything in the tech space. I referenced earlier, even HP sells ink and toner as a service now, right? You don't need to go into Staples or, or Office Depot to, to buy your cartridge if you don't want to. So really almost everything in the tech space, both for enterprise buyers and consumers, it has or is migrating to as a service, at least as an option. I'm not saying everything eventually is going to succeed, um, but, but I don't think there's any going backwards uh, from a positive customer experience, a positive financial experience, and, and frankly, the availability of options because it's such a competitive space, that's great for the buyer. So now, uh, where would MarketBridge like to play in this? Like, at what point do you want to be having these conversations with folks? So I, I think if I come back to that, that something is changing inside uh, the, our clients that we work for, right? If it's a P&L owner, a, a CMO or a CRO, they're trying to do something different. So it's, I come back to that, you know, if they're trying to enter a new market, you know, we help them define the growth pathways to get to the revenue objectives as fast as possible. We help CROs, chief revenue officers define, well, what are the sales channels that they're going to need to put in place to be able to deliver on their revenue targets. We help marketers uh, identify what's the best you know, marketing channels they should utilize to reach their customers. Where should they be spending their money? We do a lot of marketing effectiveness analytics for organizations that spend hundreds of millions of dollars in marketing to be able to say, what is the best place to spend the next dollar and then we help our clients measure that, right? And in this new environment, there are, in some of our clients, there are millions of transactions that we're collecting information on every year with their, their partner network. And we're helping them analyze, are they getting the market share that they believe they should be getting uh, and, and supplying them with that data to innovate the, the way that they go to market, really back to that issue of go-to-market science. Now, is there an as-a-service offering from MarketBridge? There is, actually. 
we, we, we work with our clients in two formats. We, you know, one is projects. You know, some clients have, you know, short-term engagement needs. They need to size a market opportunity and determine what's the best way to get in. In other cases, we do a lot of programs where we support our clients with, I mentioned earlier, marketing effectiveness analysis. So we will constantly, with some of our clients, collect the data on customer interactions, customer transactions, uh, campaigns that our clients are running to measure the effectiveness near real time on how they're spending their money and how they might fine tune that to get a better result uh, next week, next month, next quarter. So those are some of our, our as-a-service uh, offerings uh, of our own. So if somebody wants to learn more, have a more substantive conversation with you or somebody on the team, what's the website? So the website is market-bridge.com, uh, and I can be reached at mkelleher at market-bridge.com as well. Well, Mike, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing important work, and we appreciate you. Thanks, Lee. It's been fun. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on High Velocity Radio. 